for the whole sermon, just like the first 20 minutes or so. Um, but yeah, sometimes, sometimes I think it's, uh, it's kind of a cool thing when we stand for just the, the reading or the telling of God's Word. Uh, and so today, uh, our scripture is from Matthew 5. These are the words of Jesus. Uh, just three verses, Matthew five fourteen to 16. So just, just hear these words. We won't put them up on the screen. Just, just sort of listen to them be spoken over you. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. So these, uh, these are the words of Jesus, these powerful words about, um, about radiating God's light, uh, God's light to the world. How's everybody doing? Good. Everybody doing all right? Um, I was sick this last week. I kind of had a cold that drug me through the mud for most of the week, and so I'm still uh, kind of bouncing back from that. So um, yeah, hopefully have enough of a voice and energy to make it through the, make it through the morning, and if not, who wants to volunteer to tag in? Jump in, anybody? I see, I see that hand. I don't see that hand, but um, so, yeah, I'm excited to, to just, to be at this place, um, together, not just like this place here to worship together, that's a cool thing, but to be where we are as a church. I think we're, we're at this kind of exciting moment where we get to celebrate some things as we look backward, but we also get to just recognize God's presence with us here and now, and to begin to look forward and dream about what's next, where, where are we, uh, where are we going from here? Uh, over the past three years, um, we were in this initiative together uh, across our three services here at South Hutch and three campuses, McPherson, Yoder, and here at South Hutch, in this initiative called Ignite. Uh, we're praying and believing that God was going to ignite our hearts and our presence and our future. And we've seen God do some really remarkable things over the last three years. We're a very different church today than we were three years ago. And in, in a little bit, we'll, we'll celebrate a few of those things. But this Ignite was, it was initi- an initiative as well to raise uh, resources. Uh, our goal was about $2.4 million to enhance ministry across all three campuses. And um, we ended Ignite and seeing God do amazing things with this reality that we've been talking about for the last few months. And we have about $800,000 of debt remaining at the end of Ignite. And so there's been some discernment to say, what do we do? Like as a church, how do we, how do we move forward in that? And so we've had uh, a town hall meeting. Some of you maybe were at the town hall meeting. It was January 21st where we gathered uh, folks on the north side of Hutch and just said, um, at the conference center there, and just said, what do you feel like God is saying to you? Here's where we are. And then the elders, uh, leadership team, had a retreat a few weeks after that to pray together, uh, to plan, to say, okay, God, what are you saying to us? There have been other teams that have have been involved, a resource team and generosity team. And so we've kind of come to this place of saying, um, feel like we have some of the steps sort of, um, at least as we look forward, uh, some of the steps going forward. Uh, And we want to talk about those today. But this scripture was one that rose to the top through those conversations. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Just feel like this is going to be a, a scripture 
that, um, that leads us and, and, and sort of guides us as we make decisions going forward. And so I want to just take a couple of minutes and, and unpack Matthew 5, 14 to 16 uh, a, a little bit, and then we'll get into some, a little bit uh, of more details about this thing we're calling radiate, radiate God's light and generosity. Sound good? So if you have your Bibles, uh, radiate, or excuse me, radiate, um, Matthew 5 in the Red Bibles is on page 882. Uh, the words will also be on the screen. So uh, this, this is the text. You are the light of the world. A town that is built on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and they put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Uh, so these are the words of Jesus as he's talking to his disciples uh, in what we know as the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's like Jesus' keynote address about the kingdom of God. The kingdom is just this reality of living in the presence of God where Jesus is Lord. And one of the things that happens, like when we hear a text like this, and maybe sometimes when we hear pretty much any passage in the New Testament that says, you are, because there are lots of those, like you are, this is a, your new identity. And Jesus says, you are the light of the world. The first way we hear that is to say, I am. I am the light of the world. And we hear it individually. Um, and, and I would guess that for most of us, that's the case. Like, okay, oh, so Jesus, you're calling me to be a light of the world. You're calling me to be a city on a hill. What does that mean? for me. But we would actually be hearing it wrong, if, if that's the way we understand that. In the English language, there's a problem. Now, I have lots of problems with the English language. I was never a very good student when it came to English and grammar and spelling. Um, so both Carmen and I are really poor spellers. And so this is why never please, never ask me, like nominate me to take notes like on a whiteboard in a public meeting. Like we talked about shame a couple weeks ago. My shame will be obvious to all. Uh, because any intelligent person can come up with more than one way to spell a word. That's my excuse. A really poor speller. Um, if somebody can invent a whiteboard that has autocorrect on it, is that a thing? Am I, like, living in the past? Does that happen in schools now, like the smart board stuff? There's, there's your, like, million-dollar invention. Um, so anyhow, um, there's a problem in the English language, and it's with the second-person plural words, like the word you. We read it individually. But it's actually you, plural. It's second person, plural. How many of you speak Spanish? Any Spanish speakers in the room? No? Any, nobody speaks Spanish? A few. Okay, you guys are taking Spanish. How do you, if you're going to address you as a whole group of people, how would you say that? Ustedes, right? So they're in Spanish, they, they're far uh, you know, further along than we are in English. They have this, this word, ustedes, that is you all. Uh, same thing is true if you go to Texas, right? Just, just go straight south a couple hours, and they're far more advanced than we are when it comes to the English language, right? Because um, they have this word addressing the second person plural, y'all. Now, there's this guy, John Dyer. John Dyer is a theologian. Um, he's also from Texas, 
He's fluent in Greek and Hebrew, the languages of the Bible, and he's also fluent in code. So he's a computer uh, coder, programmer, whatever you call that. And he um, created, he recognized this problem in the Bible that we interpreted individually. And so he created a little plug-in called the Texas Bible. Now you can Google the Texas Bible. Uh, it's a real thing. And you can go on and it will change your Bible app on your phone or on your laptop to correct this. So in a passage like this, it will say, y'all are the light of the world. Uh, you can actually customize it. It's brilliant. You can customize it if you're not from like Texas or the South where you say y'all. Like here, you would say like you guys, right? You could, you, it would say you guys are the light of the world. Um, or it would, um, if you're from like New York or Chicago, you can change it to uh, use guys. If some of you have spent time back east, so use guys. Or uh, there's like apparently Philly, like uh, or Pittsburgh maybe, where it's yins. Have you heard of that? Like, you all is yins. And so you can actually select that as well. And it's this, it's this really um, beautiful way of saying the call of Jesus is always personal, but it's never individual. Jesus is not saying you, you know, Sam, are a light of the world. You, Betty, are the city on a hill. Like, this is not what God is saying. Jesus is looking at his community of disciples And he's saying, you all, y'all, are the light of the world. You together are a city built on a hill. And so we start hearing the New Testament differently when we recognize that. That we are a spiritual family. And you being light and me being light, we're dependent on each other. Does that make sense? This is beautiful to realize that the following Jesus is always personal. It's always a decision we make. In fact, the church is this community of people where there are no second generation members. Like, right? I mean, our children are not like members of the body of Christ until they choose to be. Being a follower of Jesus is always a personal decision to say, I am voluntarily surrendering to Jesus as Lord. I want to follow Jesus. So it's personal. But here's the beautiful thing is that the moment we do that, the moment we surrender to Jesus as Lord, we are ushered into this community of faith, this spiritual family where we belong to each other, and we get to, to, to um, celebrate life together. So it's always personal, never individual. So uh, the user plural. A uh, couple more just like real quick observations about this passage. Like, number one, the light does not originate, or the light originates from Jesus, not from us. Jesus says to, the, to, to y'all, y'all are the light of the world, but it's not your job to manufacture light. It doesn't come from us as a church. The light comes from from Jesus. And this is really good news. Do you know, if if the light was ours to produce, we would have to sit around and brainstorm to say, how are we going to be light today? Like, what are we going to do to be light in our neighborhoods, in our communities? But the good news is that the light, the source, is Jesus. And so our only responsibility is to say, how do we keep Jesus at the center of our life together? How do we stay connected to the source? Because the light of Jesus will actually radiate out from him to us. This is what the Gospel of John says. Chapter 1 in John, a couple of verses. In him was life. Speaking of Jesus, in him was life, and that life was the light of all people. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Jesus is the source of this light. And as Psalm 34, 5 says, those who look to him, who look to God, are radiant. Their faces 
are radiant. So this is beautiful news, right? For people who are, like Jesus saying, you are the light of the world. It's not up to us to manufacture light. It's just up to us to keep Jesus at the center, to spend time with Jesus, to keep coming back to the source. And as we do that, light will radiate through us. Does that make sense? Anybody? All right. So um, the second observation is that the light is meant to be shared. Like, it's never meant to just be hoarded. It's never meant to say, like, oh, look how much light I have. Look how, look how this, this beautiful thing God is doing in my life. This light is always meant to be shared with the dark world. In fact, this is how Eugene Peterson says this. Uh, if you're familiar with the message, the message is a paraphrase. Eugene Peterson says it this way. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be, uh, to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven, this light of Jesus is meant to be shared. Uh, the story from the journey this week, right, from Dale Kaufman. Were you, in, were you in here when that video played? If not, you can find it on our website. Uh, there's a YouTube channel. And it's this beautiful story of God just healing Dale's heart physically and bringing him back into rhythm. But in Dale's own words of healing him of 40 years of just stuff that was clogging his spiritual filter. I love that image, don't you? Like, and maybe some of us would say, yeah, my, my filter is clogged. And Jesus is healing him. And Dale is being healed and restored, and this filter is being opened so that he can share his gifts with his community. It's never just so he can, can sort of um, experience it. It's so that he can share it. And this is true for every single one of us. The light is always meant to be shared. Uh, here's the image I get. This vision, and maybe some of you will recognize this from an iconic uh, album cover in the 1970s. Um, here's, I want to repurpose this a little bit. Uh, think about the prism as the church. Some people refer to this actually as the perfect album, so sorry if I'm messing with this for you. Um, money. Um, so there's this, uh, the prism as being the church, the light of Jesus sort of shining through the church. And what happens when the light of Jesus sort of shines through the church with all of our different gifts, with all of our different scenarios and personalities, this beautiful array of colors comes out. Uh, it's actually much more beautiful together than it would be separate, individually. That this is, a, this is an image of the church to bring out the God colors in the world, to share, to be generous with our lives. Um, we, we, I could talk all morning about how I see this happening in, in your lives, y'all's lives, yin's lives. Um, is it yin's? I don't know. Um, but uh, those of you who are, who are just silently serving the least of these, in your neighborhood, in your community, you're just silently volunteering, and nobody's recognizing you, and you're not doing it for accolades, but you're just, you're just loving these people. You're, you're stopping, and, and you take time to just stop and to look into the eyes of a child and to listen to them. To make them understand that they're valuable and they're created in God's image. You're, you're doing this, and it's beautiful. 
that you are being generous with your lives. Like some of you are, are opening up your homes to say, actually, we have space and you need, you need a place. And so come. Some of you are doing that. Um, many of you are doing that with, with, you know, foster children. To say there's this need in our community and, and we have room and we have time. We, we, can, we can do this. I talked with somebody recently who was just saying like, how, man, how can we not do this? They're empty nesters. And they're just telling, telling these stories of just doing respite care and uh, of just the children who are coming from really difficult situations and them just like showering them with prayer for however many days they're with them, just believing that God is going to cover them with his grace. And they're just silent heroes in the kingdom of God. And it's, it's beautiful. And nobody's putting it on a billboard and nobody's like, you know, noticing it. And this stuff is happening all over the place through your lives. And it's beautiful to see what God is doing. And we could, we just talk about these, don't, don't get seduced by the big. Sometimes, like, sometimes we think, oh, it's the place where there's the most noise, it's the place where there's the, you know, the, the biggest presence, and like, oh man, there's like so much happening over there, that's where God is at work. That may very well be the case, God may very well be at work there, but don't underestimate the small. In the kingdom of God, small is the new big, right? Don't underestimate slow things, little things. Do not despise things of small beginnings, the small acts of faithfulness, because it's beautiful. The church, we just put on display the abundance of God. How many of you believe that we live in in an abundant world? That there's plenty to go around. There's plenty of time. Let me, let me say that one again. There's plenty of time. My dad sold appliances in the 1980s, and when the microwaves first came out, his sales pitch was, you are not going to know what to do with all of your spare time because this microwave is going to save you. How many of us are just like living in that reality? Like, I just don't know what to do. I was like, this, this microwave, this smartphone, is just saving me so much time. Um, not really, um, but we live in a world where there is an abundance of time. God created plenty of time. There's an abundance of food. There's an abundance of space. Around the world, there's an abundance of resources. There's an abundance of money. Like, God created an abundant world. This is the picture of Genesis 1 and 2. It's, it's overwhelming abundance. It's so abundant, Adam and Eve, they just get to, like, sort of experience the goodness of creation, and there's just fruitfulness everywhere, and they just get to, like, take it all in. That is the world that God created. Why? Because God is more generous and abundant than we could ever imagine. And God's at the center of it all. But what starts to happen with Adam and Eve and what starts to happen with us, it still plagues us, is we start to view the world through the lens of scarcity. There's actually not enough. And so what starts to happen is then we get these distribution problems to say, you know what? What if I just sort of what if I take more? What if, what if I get more and, and there's actually not enough to go around and if that person gets a big piece of the pie, that means there's less for me. And so it causes me, and I feel this all the time in my own heart, right? It causes me to, to close my fists up, to just protect myself and protect my stuff and protect my time and to pull back into myself. And we start to see the world through the lens of scarcity. This scarcity mentality has taken a hold of the human heart. And like just to to span out for just a second and to say, we are absolutely swimming in abundance. You have more information 
available to you right now at a split second than entire generations of human beings who have come before you. Like you have signals coming into your pocket right now from outer space. If you were to time travel back 200 years and you would tell people that, yeah, we're going to have these little like satellites that float around and going to like coordinate our GPS coordinates and tell us like what our estimated time of arrival is to this other place, they would think you are a lunatic. And all of that is just a reality that we don't even, we don't even notice. We live in a world of extravagant abundance, like the world uh, has never experienced before, and yet we still feel like there's just not enough. And the church is called to be that group of people in the world who says there's plenty to go around. There's plenty. But the plenty, the abundance, is actually going to come in our relationships. It's going to come when, you know what, when there's one of us that has a lack, that's struggling, that means somebody else has an abundance that they get to share. And we, we, we get to actually be that kind of community that says, no, 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 our abundance, it exists in the relationships together. And we get to just live this way in the world. That's what Eugene Peer says, have open house, keep open lives. Because by doing that, by opening yourself up to others, you will let people draw people to open up to God, our generous Father in heaven. Is that beautiful? We get to do that? Um, is the last, the last kind of deal from this is that the light that radiates through us, it guides people back to God. It doesn't actually attract people to the church. It may do that, but the point is to attract people to this God and Father who is the most generous, the most generous one we can imagine. So this is like just a, a little bit of Matthew 5, 14 and 16. We'll, we'll talk more about it uh, over, the next, over the next couple of months and, and whatever the case may be. But I wanted to just kind of lay that groundwork and then to shift into a little bit of just saying, over the last three years, with this thing called, uh, called Ignite, right, igniting our hearts, our presence, our future, to just, like, say thank you, God, for things that God has done in us. God has ignited our hearts. Like, God has changed our hearts through the act of generosity, through, through opening up, through giving generously. Um, here's one story from one journeyer who, who just shares about how God has changed her heart. Uh, 3.33 a.m., again, for several nights in a row back in November, three years ago, God woke me up at 3.33 a.m. I've been praying to see how God wanted me to give to the Ignite Initiative, so I prayed, God, why 3.33? And I felt God saying, would you give a third? A third? God, that's a lot. Yes, yes it is, I felt God say, but I will provide for you. You see, earlier that year, I had received a sizable insurance check that I, was, that I saw sustaining me for a long while to come. And my financial advisor had done the numbers, and I should have been able to live comfortably, relatively comfortably, until age 80 or, or so with supplementing my income. And giving a third would cut that down dramatically. Are you sure, God? He answered by waking me up at 3.33 a.m. the next morning. Okay, uh, I think you're pretty serious about this. So over the past three years, I have given a third of that insurance check. When I started to worry about how I'll live when the money runs out, God has reminded me that he will provide. And he showed me how giving to Ignite is changing lives, most of all my own. God has ignited our hearts. And, and we all have different stories to tell about this, about how like, you know, maybe we initially, it's like we have this vision to go forward, and I, 
like we want to give and we want to give sacrificially and maybe like we, we, we chose like an amount that we be, were believing God for and, and it was sacrificial. And so it cost us to like, uh, we're going to shop differently. We're going we're gonna to actually buy some used clothes instead of all new clothes. Or we're going to eat rice and beans instead of going out to dinner uh, a couple times a month. We're going to change our lives. Whatever the case may be, there are so many stories of sacrifice. But you get to the end of it and you realize like, God met me every step of the way and I don't feel like I lack anything. If you feel that way, it's like, what, what have I missed out on in the last three years? That God is a God of abundance and he has met our need and he has ignited our hearts. God has ignited our presence. Uh, McPherson did not have a campus three years ago when we started Ignite. Like they, they were meeting in, in rented space and now they have this, this uh, 24-7 ministry center where people are coming and, and experiencing the saving power of Jesus through the ministries that are happening there. This is a result of Ignite. Uh, so many different things, touch points that uh, people are coming. This is a blood drive, I think, a picture there. Uh, here in South Hutch, God has been igniting our presence. We've, we've had this vision to say, what if we had as many people on our campus Monday through Saturday as we do on Sunday in worship? Like, uh, and, and that vision is just kind of continuing to move forward. And actually at Yoder and McPherson, that has actually been a reality, that they've had months where, where the number of people in the cam- on the campus has, has eclipsed the number of people in worship. And, and that number has been growing here. We have walking hours uh, throughout the week where people can come in the gym and walk. We have basketball and different sports leagues that are happening on Tuesday night and Thursday night. There, we've hosted other events where people are coming and are, are ending up able to connect with others and hopefully with the church and ultimately with Jesus through this presence. So we continue to pray and, and move forward in that. Um, we've, we've talked about igniting our future. We, um, we've worked to try to create great kids space for kids as a, the future of the church to make disciples who are going to make disciples for future generations. So this is here at the South Hutch campus. If you remember, our kids were meeting in this tiny, you know, the tiny little rooms packed in, too many kids uh, per her room, and now they have a great space to learn and grow and be discipled. Same thing at Yoder. Uh, the, the lower level is now this, this welcoming, inviting space uh, for our children and volunteers in the community. So God has ignited our hearts. God has ignited our presence. God has ignited our future. We stand at a very different place today than we did three years ago. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, over Ignite, we've seen God provide abundantly. Um, through Just Ignite Initiative, over three years, um, we, the, the congregation was able to give $2.1 million over three years. And that was a total, like, and that was all over and above like the, the, the ministries of the church that make disciples and bless our community. And so the total giving over three years was just under $5 million. And like some of us, like we look at that and we say like, that is so, that is so far beyond me. Like my contributions are so puny compared to that. That is the beauty of the body of Christ. That is the beauty of y'all, this, this spiritual family, because God just invites us to be faithful to what God is inviting us to do, not to look at the whole thing. And so um, we're transitioning now. Ignite ended in December, and we're transitioning to just, like, to raise up this core value of generosity that we're calling radiate, to radiate God's light and generosity. And I want to be as, su- as clear as I possibly can that this is not another Ignite. Like, this isn't a campaign where we're, um, you know, like setting a goal and then, and then taking pledges, right? Like, we're, where we're all discerning and saying, I feel like over the next three years, like, I'm invited to give this much. That's not what we're doing. 
um, the leadership team and resource team have discerned to say, okay, we have a couple of things going forward um, that, um, that are really significant. And in fact, going back to that town hall meeting in January, the priorities that came from you all, from the congregation, were this. Like, we have $800,000 of debt remaining from Ignite, and our highest priority, again, this is the voice of the congregation, um, we need to pay down the Ignite debt. We want to be financially free so we have flexibility to move and to take risks. We don't want to be a congregation that has lots of debt. Um, and then secondly, uh, second priority are these maintenance issues. We have some, some maintenance issues in our, our, our campuses that can cause some serious problems, and so we need to take care of those. But third then, like kind of third on the list, is finishing future ministry sites. And so um, finishing the space here at South Hutch out in the gym and uh, McPherson campus space. We have high school kids, you know, who, who are meeting in unfinished space. Some of you are right on there. woo um, This was taken last Sunday. And they're great. Like, they're, they're making it work. They, they're growing. They're loving Jesus. They're volunteers that are pouring into them. But this isn't ideal long-term, right? And, and so uh, we have these tensions of how do we, how do we deal with, um, with this debt that's remaining, but also this vision of going forward. The biggest project, the maintenance issue that's kind of highest priority is um, a leaky roof at McPherson. So this is probably new to many of you. That there's, a, there's a roof that is leaking in the unfinished space. So please hear that, that this is not like leaking on them on a Sunday morning in the worship center, putting out the buckets, right? It's all in the unfinished areas, but it is a problem, and it can cause damage over time and mold and things like that. And so it's something that we've said, like, we really feel like this needs to happen. We need to, to take care of this. So the vision of Radiate is to say, let's raise up this value that's already a value in the church, the value of giving, the value of generosity. And let's just say, what would happen if over the next year, like for the rest of 2018, what would happen if we were able to just like look toward raising $400,000? Um, and, and again, like what if half of it went to the debt and half of it went to projects? But here's the thing, is, is resources that are given aren't split equally 50-50. That there's discernment that has to happen on every person's level to be able to say, God, are you inviting me and are you creating a passion in me to give toward debt and financial freedom? Or are you inviting me to give toward this project of taking care of the roof and, and then other maintenance things that come up? And, and so just trusting the discernment of every person in the congregation. And, and maybe some of us are saying, I can't give to either. And that is totally fine. But would you commit to radiating God's light and generosity in your relationships, in your life? with your friendships. And so here's a little, here's a little um, animated. This is Bob, by the way. Everybody say hi, Bob. Bob is like super excitable. Watch this. He's like, woo, look at me. This is Bob. Um, Bob feels God compelling him to give to the projects. He wants to fix a leaky roof. This is Deb. You say hi, Deb. Um, Deb loves to give to debt, to financial freedom. And this is Journey. There, there are you. Look how, look how well-dressed you all are. Like you all have ties on and stuff. Well, what's up with that? Um, and so some of us are going to be motivated and, and, and feel called by God to give toward debt and some to projects, and we're believing that God will just sort of work that out. Does that make sense? Kind of? Sort of? Um, so I'm missing something. There are lots of details, and I've done this three times. Sorry about this. Yes, there are cards. Um, I thought there was one other thing. So, the ushers are going to hand out these cards that look like this, 
And while they're doing that, would you grab an envelope in, out of the front of the seat in front of you that looks like this says radiate God's light and generosity on the, on the top of it? Um, so a couple things. If you feel like God is inviting you to, to give financially to this, there are three ways um, what you can indicate it on this envelope. One is just, you know what, I'm, I, I'm giving to the mission of the church. The, the, it's called the, the financial ministry plan, that top box there. And you can put money in here, and it'll go toward the mission of the church, toward you know, just our ministries and make disciples. If you're wanting to give above and beyond that, giving to debt or to projects, you can indicate that on the card, and whatever is there on this envelope will go to one of those two things. Does that make sense? Or you can check it, and you can say, you know what, I actually give online, and so we're just going to... Did you guys hand those out, ushers? Are we good? Did everybody get them, the cards? Oh, Larry's coming. All right. He's going to throw them, and then they're going to be a free-for-all. So yeah, if we could, if we could hand th- these cards out while I'm talking about this, that would be awesome. And so, so you can just click, I give electronically if you want to. Um, let's go real quick to the online slide of like, if you go, if, like say you give online, this is what it'll look like. Does this page look familiar to some of you? I'm sorry if you're like new here. Uh, this is like kind of family meeting stuff a little bit. So you can just sit back and download the Texas Bible app on your phone real quick. It'll be awesome. Um, so you can actually give uh, to see, see projects and debt there. You can indicate if you want to give to one of those particular things. So that's what the website looks like. Um, there's the envelope. Now, this card that is being handed out, they're handing it to you, but if you would actually look on the screen here, um, I'll show you what this looks like. Next slide. This card. Radiate. There we go. So what this card is not is a system for pledging. Okay? That is not what this is. You do not turn this in to anyone. The the church is not collecting these. You do not need to put a number on this that anybody else is going to see. That's not what this is. The only thing this is is a tool for you personally or you as a family to be able to say, God, how do you want us to participate in radiating God's light and generosity? There, There are three options. One is... I want to radiate God's light and generosity. I want to be a generous person with my life, with my time, with my stuff. And I hope we're all in on that. That has nothing to do with giving to projects or to debt. It's just, God, I want to radiate your generosity. Does that make sense? Second is I commit to pray, to just discern, God, how do you want to use me? And I hope we're all in on that too. And the third one is if you feel led by God to make a contribution above a regular offering, that this is a place for you and and you alone or as a family to make a a commitment that just is a guiding thing for you. So again, you do not need to turn this in at all. Now, we're covering this like super fast. And so um, if you have questions, we're having like a, a, a gathering, a meeting where people can come ask questions on Sunday, May 6th from 11 to 12 o'clock. Um, to just say, okay, help me, help me understand this. How is this working again? And any questions you have that I messed up, you can come to that gathering on May 6th and, and answer. Sound okay? There's a lot of info, huh? Let's stand. Would you stand? And I'll have uh, just kind of a prayer, and then the worship team will lead us in a song here. God, um, we just, we're amazed at your generosity to us, God, that you, you love us, You've saved us, you've redeemed us, you've given us a brand new name, you've given us a, an identity and a mission in your world. You've called us to, to just make you the center of our lives. 
And God, we trust that your light and your love is going to radiate in us and radiate through us to the world around us. God, we want to be used by you. So I pray that, God, as every one of us, God, hears this call to be a, a, a light, a city on a hill. God, that we would open up our lives to just say, God, how do you want to use us? In what ways do you want us to be generous? With our time, with our, our stuff, God, with our resources. God, how, how do we radiate your light and generosity in this world? Use us, God. We, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We